Hello, everyone. Today, we sit down with Vít Jedlička. He is the president of the Free Republic of Lieberland. What is Lieberland, you may ask? Well, it's a new sovereign state located between Serbia and Croatia that resides in a piece of land that used to be a no-man's land, a vestige from the dissolution of Yugoslavia in the 90s. Vít comes from a background of starting off wanting to reform the politics of his home country, the Czech Republic, only to realize, like many of us do, that reforming a country is not the way forward, but rather one should build around them. Don't take the hill, make a new hill. Most people today are doing this in the digital layer with the metaverse and network states, but Veed has taken on the task of doing it right in the middle of everyone on the European continent. I talked to Veed here in this conversation about the formation of Lieberland, its constitution, and about it being the first state that is governed on the blockchain, and how he thinks about building a new home for current and future Lieberlanders. I wanted to talk to him because he shares a core value with us at Oya in that we believe that we will only create a new world by building it ourselves and experimenting with new ways of doing things and new ways of being. Please enjoy my conversation with Vít Jedlička. All right. Welcome to Oya's podcast. And today we are sitting down with Vít Jedlička. I think I pronounced that correctly. Did I not, Vít? Very well. Good job. Excellent. Excellent. Some of those uh, Czech names I have trouble with, but... Yeah, and you have all of the accents all in your name, so I was unsure. <laughs> but I want to sit down with you today. I caught on to you. Actually, the, the first place I ever saw you was on Michael Malice's podcast. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's, a, fun, he's a fun interviewer. And um, I got interested in you guys then. I looked you up, and I actually just started kind of diving into it and got my residency. I'm a proud resident of Lieberland. Awesome. Um, yeah, got the flag here and everything. Um, <laughs> totally support the cause. And, unfor- and unfortunately for me, I've also been so caught up in my day-to-day in my business. I haven't actually um, followed up with all the latest updates of what you guys are doing. Um, but before we get into that, I kind of wanted to start with uh, a background on who you are and how you got, how you started Lieberland in the first place, just kind of a overall um, kind of summary of yeah, how this even start, how do you start a new state in the first place and where you're coming from? I think really the thing that got me started was Frederick Bastiat and the book The Law. And I, I read that when I was quite young, and uh, and that kind of got me on a mission to build free world. And I realized that you know there can be a huge step made when you, for example, get rid of communism. I was living in communism for let's say seven years or six years in my life so i could still inhale the crazy system that was that was here and that were people were able to maintain for more than 40 years you know that that's quite interesting that such a stupid and bad system people actually supported for so long time and uh, and the jump to the free market under the guidance of lots of klaus at the time a famous kind of free marketer uh, was a big, and uh, but I also realized that he was not really aiming to build a free country. He was really looking into the model of social democracy when he was designing the whole system, despite despite having a very free market oriented rhetorics. And uh, and I I wanted to do something more. I was convincing people that uh, you know Czech Republic should be more like Switzerland. 
and it would be lovely to turn Czech Republic into second Switzerland. And they had a very strong contra argument that there is not enough Swiss people in Czech Republic, which I understood later that it's quite a valid argument. <laughs> and uh, so that becomes very difficult, you know, and if you understand that, you basically realize that in order to make some sort of social to change, it takes generations. It's not a one lifetime uh, thing. And uh, and the best thing you can do is basically start from scratch instead of trying to change a, a new country. You really start from scratch and uh, and uh, and forget about fighting the political system. Just just do your own thing. Yeah, because you started this organization. I think it's Reformy or Reform Y or something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and yeah. check. Are you still doing that, or do you you're just completely uh, focused on uh, Libra? I, I actually closed down the whole operation after Libra started for mm. two and a half years. So I, I killed it. But people, even after the two years, they were still complaining that we are not running, and we had I think forty thousand daily uh, followers. Uh, so I restarted the website, but I never killed the YouTube channel. And the YouTube channel had a couple million views, I think 10 million at the time, and uh, and other channels at another 10 million, and it's still growing. But but of course, my attention has completely diverted to country creation since. Hmm. Yeah, I saw there were recently protests back in Czech. Um, how you, can you shed any light on those that have been happening recently? To be frank with you. I don't really understand where it's coming from, even though it seems it's kind of on our side of things, but it's a really big mixture of different ideologies that is kind of being protesting there. Also, the Free Citizen Party, which is the political party that we started, I think that's kind of the only libertarian party in Europe, to be honest with you, a pure libertarian Um or maybe there, of course, a couple others, like maybe UKIP and some other. But but I think this is very pure libertarian party that, that I've been working on or getting started for many years as well. I managed to help one guy to get into European Parliament, and but then right, right after that, Liberland basically started. So they are also present during these protests, but then it's a really big variety of people, including some communists, etc. So... And I still don't know what to think of them, but even it seems like it's coming from the right angle and that something is happening in the Czech society, though, because we had similar types of protests, but exactly on the other side of spectrum, you know, by fighting for more refugees, for fighting against global climate. Last year, we had these kind of protests, like hundreds of thousands of people are getting together. And I think they were really picking up the wrong topics to protest about. And, and this time people are, I think, gathering and they're having the right topics, completely opposite spectrum. And I think it's definitely not the same people. It's a really different part of the society. So something is happening and it seems like it's on the positive end. Yeah, do you think it's, it has to do with the economics of the situation? Like back when people felt like they were okay and safe, they could complain about climate or the refugee crisis or... And now that they're like inflation's coming, this whole energy crisis and everything, I saw that you guys are also, you know, your rivers are low over there and as well. Just people are going, there's a lot of scarcity going around. Um, we all need to kind of, you know, people get that scarcity mentality and start hoarding in and needs to become ours and they become much more um, individualistic and much more libertarian minded automatically, even if they weren't so philosophically. Do you think that's part of it? It seems like it, and there is like this large anti-globalist element, like 
kind of seems like coming from the right side. So kind kind of seems like it's not the control opposition really. And uh, I need to do a little bit more homework actually on these guys. Even though the, the, the our Libertarian Party was also present, it was part of the part of these protests. Um, I'm still unsure exactly who is running the show with these protests, but they are quite successful and they really caught a lot of attention. And of course, they're portrayed as pro-Russian rallies, but that's really not the truth, right? That's the way they are trying to portray it. There, it, it is anti-war movement. And it is a movement uh, that that is against those globalist agendas that are being pushed these days. Yeah, you know, as you know, we do the same thing here in the U.S. Um, anybody who's against the establishment is pro-Russian now. All of a sudden, he's <laughs> trying to help the Russians. It's always a Russian conspiracy, Russian bot, Russian conspiracy. <laughs> okay, all right, you know. <laughs> It's the same playbook again and again. So you keep seeing it rolled out every single time against every single person. You're like, okay, so all of a sudden we have all these Russian, you know, spies in our organization across all the whole political spectrum. That's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah it's just funny. Um, so let's kind of go to when did you guys first claim the prop the land? Because I know that Lieberland is was a no man's land. Um, yes, and it's located. In between Serbia and Croatia, correct. Um, seven square kilometers, exactly. if I'm correct. All right, exactly. all right. Almost cool. perfectly seven square. And if you think about it, it was kind of, you know, it was man-made, but in a way, nature created exactly seven million square meters in a high, hard-shaped form of territory with beautiful sandy beaches. Mm. It is really a, a one of the, I would say, best starting spots for a new country that you can think of. Yeah, no, that area is that's gorgeous. I've been to Croatia and Serbia myself, and I'm always blown away. It's beautiful up there. So, and I think you guys have the Danube running through yeah, the country exactly. or on the edge. But this yeah. is the most beautiful part of the Danube River, and the Danube River gives us access to, let's say, eleven countries, and including the ocean, right? So that's also very strategic because Danube is an international waterway, and there is this ex special Danube Treaty. I'm actually right now with the director of the settlement of Liberland. He's, he came to visit me and he's going to Croatia uh, fairly soon. He will be one of the first permanent security guards on our borders. So it's quite exciting uh, to spend a couple of days with him before he goes. And we're talking here about strategy and, and what, what should be done in the next couple of months. But what we're doing right now, we're really professionalizing our security uh plans and also we're professionalizing the plans for the settlement of the country and we're getting more and more serious because now we actually know what we want to build we've got zahadi architects that made the urban design and we are turning it into metaverse as well but first and foremost it is a urban plan for liberland we have a constitution very nearly ready and of course, I would be lovely to have your feedback on that. But we try to do our best to to make the best libertarian constitution that can be also put in blockchain in large part. And we, yeah. I think, we finally have citizens, e-residents, and also hopefully we will have enough financial support. How many citizens do you guys have right now? There is more than 1,000 citizens. Actually, there is probably like 2,000 of them because there is still many family members that haven't really claimed their citizenship yet. But uh, And then there is 8,000 uh, e-residents mm -hmm. or 7,500 or something like that. And then there is 700,000 applicants. 
700,000 applications. So there is a quite a few people that are in the line and we are massaging them and we are inviting them to get them more involved. And it's happening like with every single mass mail, there is always enormous amount of new interest into Liberland. So what kind of, you guys said you're starting, you had the architecture um, planned and some of the urban planning. Have you, what structures or what infrastructure exists on Liberland now, as of now? Well, Liberland itself is actually in big piece or under the floodplain. So in order to be able to build there, we need to build anti-flooding barriers or we need to start building basically on pontoons or on pylons. So those are the things that we should start with. And uh, of course, we still have this big challenge with Croatia, who, who is not only bordering its own border, but also borders a uh, liberal and Serbian border. Uh, so we need to basically get through that. But Honza, the guy that is here with me, director of the settlement, was able to basically, uh, he was able to stay in Liberland for quite a few days, uh, not too long ago. And they did a very good job in having this first initial settlement. And now we want to turn it into permanent, permanent oh. one. And from there, we would really like to use the Danube River to start construction on Liberland, and the first step is we will bring uh, as many houseboats as possible from all around the world because this is the fastest way, and that's something that prevents us, prevents also no problem with that with flooding, right? Mm -hmm. And also it's very easy to move houseboats in and out of Liberland. So that's one of the strategic things that that we are doing right now. Have you guys looked at any case studies on uh, Florida's building projects? Because Florida is literally built on swampland. And I, there's a story about when they first uh, went down there and people first first to settle. Somebody went, nobody can build on this. Nobody can turn this into, and now, you know, Florida's Florida uh, yeah. in the U.S. So I don't, there's any, I, don't, yeah, I don't know if there's any, uh, you know, viable case studies or old, you know, building techniques, stuff like that that could be used helpful from Florida. But. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then, of course, you know, there we also have a, some part of the summer not this summer for example this summer was very mosquito free but some summers we do have a mosquito challenge i think similar to the florida one yeah similar to florida similar to finland i believe the lapland is just whew, rife <laughs> with mosquitoes as well um so we what year did you start liberland again it was 2015 it 2015. was the 13th of april uh 13th of april is the birthday of thomas jefferson mm -hmm. oh nice Sorry. To remember it more easily, yeah. we really wanted to give him some tribute and uh, and try to invoke a spirit of American Revolution again. Yeah, I mean it can be done, right? You can the American Revolution. I saw the Constitution. I'm like, okay, good Constitution. Kind of like in you know Israel, you're based around similar values, um, like a state like that was formed later on. Um, I kind of want to go through parts of the Constitution that I found interesting because you mentioned. Um, not having not going to war um you mentioned but you also have to build up a defense and this is a big libertarian discussion here in the united states like get rid of the military except for defense um how do you square those circles because i also saw that you allow firearms in Liberland. um i don't know which which ones exactly you i don't know if you have a list you kind of mentioned them vaguely as small uh firearms or even like antique or collector's items and then you said the police would be allowed to have those similar ones that the citizens have, but nothing bigger, not like in the U.S. where we militarize our police and leave the citizens mm -hmm. uh, with the smaller ones. 
So can you talk a little bit more on that, on the defense aspect, the security well, aspect? Actually, I think, you know, there is this element where we actually allow citizens to have as heavy arms as the Liberland police will have, or we call them Liberland Rangers. Mm-hmm. So that that's one of the things that, that the, the citizens shouldn't be more armed, meaning they shouldn't acquire nuclear weapon if if the <laughs> if the Liberland police doesn't have nuclear weapons. But uh, uh, and, and of course, I'm just joking a little bit. But uh, you know, if if the police doesn't have the tanks, the, the Liberland citizens shouldn't get the tanks. Uh, in order to have this kind of balance, but I think it's a, it's a you know it's a reasonable approach, and otherwise this will be one of the most you know problematic, I would say things in terms of our relation with Croatia. Uh, I think we will have to somehow probably register people with with weapons if we want to maintain free access to Croatia, or they they will have to have some sort of border checks because we really don't want to like upset the Croatias legal system and of course we are tied to Croatia by some 200 meters of land so we're very, yeah. very close uh, Serbia is quite relaxed about weapons but I think Croatia has more stricter rules so we'll, that will be one of the things where I think we will have to compromise in the future hmm. Speaking of security too, um, you are the first country that is on the blockchain um, and there is the whole aspect of Wars are now fought in physical space, but they're also fought in the digital space, the cloud or on-chain. Um, how are you approaching the cybersecurity aspect? Well, one thing which is very cool about Liberland ecosystem is that you know the, the biggest number of, of companies that are registered are actually in cybersecurity, and that's very cool. For example, the company CyberGrew that you can look up it has been a number of awards last year and the year before. It's, I would say, the number one, uh, number one in terms of publicity, number one company in, in, in Liberland. But we also have many other famous cybersecurity companies. Our representative to Slovakia, Pavel Luptak, has one of the biggest, I would say, Central European cybersecurity companies, and he's doing great job. He is also always teasing the Slovakian government. He hacks whatever new system they always put in place, and he white white hacks it. But he, he always, you know, has a great PR because of that. Like, you know, like the new parking of Slovakia has been hacked by Pavel Luptak's team, uh, <laughs> and he extracted all the data and gave it back to the government for free. <laughs> That's great. He's, got this, he's got this great publicity and he's also of course doing our security audit that way i can sleep a better uh, if we are maintaining and of course we are a state so we have to maintain some personal data about our citizens as well mm-hmm. so that brings me to the cryptocurrency that you have i think it's called the llm your merits yes you merits yes they're literally so, tokens that are distributed in exchange for paying taxes. And I think that's kind of the biggest upgrade that Liberland is bringing to the world. In normal country, nobody says thank you for paying taxes. But in Liberland, we actually give you a share of Liberland itself. And it's called Liberland Merit. Right. And you can you can earn merits not just by, you know, $1 equals a merit or something like that. It also includes labor, correct? And maybe yes. ideas strategizing and to improve the country overall, not just with your money. Definitely. And, uh, and I wish it was even more, but I think 50% of merits distributed so far were coming from people basically pushing Liberland forward. I mean, we just had 
an overview of, of different activities by our representatives and of people that came physically to Liberland and helped with physical stuff very recently. And we distributed merits for the summer. Uh, for that time, we're trying to base it on the market values. So if people are contributing their time as, I don't know, IT experts, we have a bunch of people are also volunteering on the blockchain as well as the new website. Uh, which is great and they're i would say sometimes even better motivated than regular contractors doing it for money yeah no kidding so i saw that you don't give out foreign aid and no corporate subsidies um <laughs> i think that's amazing that's mm -hmm. such a that's such a great idea um do you accept foreign aid though um well we haven't had the opportunity yet I mean, I've been very strict my life not to accept any subsidies, but yesterday I was on this chat called Liberland Cigar Club, which is very high level Zoom meeting of different libertarians and Walter Block was there and he was arguing that actually taking money from the state, as long as it doesn't morally corrupt you, is actually a good thing. So you're you're you know taking money from the state in order to have so the state has less money. <laughs> <laughs> to operate with and do some other harmful activities. Uh, so, from that perspective, Liberland would probably also accept for a night. We don't, we didn't ban that. But my mm -hmm. personally, I've done, I've lived all my life without a single state subsidy, which I think is a good track record. Yeah. Well, that's actually one of my questions: is how are you funding this whole thing? This seems like well, a crazy expensive endeavor. Well, it's not too bad. You know, we're still running the whole Liberland in this last seven years for the budget of two trips of Czech president to China. Uh, so it's not that bad, but we're, we're constantly growing. You know, our initial yearly budget was $200,000 when Liberland started, or maybe even less than that, actually. It was the first, second year budget. And now we're operating slightly under $1 million last year budget. And... Uh, and we're doing like a lot of activities with it. Like, you know, our representative offices are more in in hundred countries around the world. We managed to get Liberland recognized by a couple governments. Uh, we are actually Which running trade, trade offices. Sorry. Well, we had a recognition by Haiti, for example, last year. Before that, we had a Somaliland. This year, we got the Colombian government to recognize our passports, and we basically opened up our trade office in Malawi and we've got now a couple more countries on the list uh, to be done before the end of the year so I would say we're on a large diplomatic expansion as well and that's kind of useful because the Liberland passports for example finally have some uh, traveling uh, use usefulness even though it was actually able to travel like one third of the world with it without the proper recognition we actually get like proper proper uh, documents signed in this regard finally so that that's great to see and uh, of course like liberland passport is probably one of the uh, least useful passports in the world but the utility is growing every single month and i mean it it is it it is more than a travel document for right now it's more like a prestigious membership card in liberland but uh, it's kind of cool, I think, and there will be more and more people like Drubinsky, one of the, I think, most famous 
uh, YouTuber for traveling that just got the passport that will be using it more and more often for their tra traveling and promoting of the country. And whenever Liberland gets recognized, I think there will be a bunch of business people and bunch of tourists from Liberland on, on our passports visiting the country, which I think would be pretty cool. So right after the recognition, when we go there, I think we should always make like a tourist and business trip by all the Liberlanders to support the economy of the country which recognized us. <laughs> that would be great. The I saw I wanted to ask what the advantages of doing the country on the blockchain are. So for people who maybe aren't as familiar with the blockchain, I don't want you to explain what blockchain is, but just kind of um what is the what are the differences because I noticed for example in the I think as part of the constitution you mentioned that anybody running for public office or holds public office must disclose all of their assets. Uh first so is that part of the blockchain aspect, the transparency that it adds um, to the processes? And, and if, that, if it is, and then what other benefits there might be to running, your, running the country and governance on blockchain? I think there are some seven major benefits. You know, one of them, and you know, this disclosing of assets is still something which can be basically changed. Not, not that one of the elements that we're still debating. Uh, and I, I'm actually against it. I don't think it's that important that people disclose their assets, but all the tra transactions on the blockchain itself should be basically transparent. So all the budgeting, all the voting processes will be auditable. And that's, I think, very important. Like, think about it, how much how much of an advantage will it be when the budget of Liberland will be online and will be 100% accurate because it's on chain, right? And mm -hmm. think about it, there will be no election fraud discussion in Liberland if we if we basically use blockchain for voting uh, so those are the biggest advantages and I would say the thing not just the voluntary tax element which I think is great I don't think any other country has a voluntary tax there are some countries that are tax havens and they have a zero tax but we have a voluntary tax and it should be prestigious for Liberlanders to contribute to the cause that they like to see so basically we will be crowdfunding but again you will get actually share of the country for any kind of contribution to the to the country so uh, that's another very important element and that all is basically managed and run by blockchain mm. you also have a fee on land i noticed no taxes but a fee on land does that stand fee on the, the land so it's set in the fee on land. yes yes yeah, yes yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's uh yeah. There is there, that's one of the only taxes that might be actually allowed. Uh, the only tax is the land or the fee on the land, because of course the land is limited in Liberland. And one of the things we wanted to avoid that some people would buy the property and let it fall down, and they would have no expenses with maintaining it there. And I have seen that in in some resorts where people bought the primary property and then they got crazy and they never got back uh, to the resort and the tree there were trees growing through the roof of that building and nobody knew what to do with it because the agreements were not signed in a way that they would be able to you know to sell the property if somebody doesn't take care of it if there is not some minimal cost connected with that then then you don't have any grounds on which you could you could uh, commission that property if there is no debt and if there will be uh, some depth over the years for this fee then the the property itself would go into the auction and we would be able to get a new uh, 
owner of that uh, uh, not, not cared for parcel inside of Liberland. Otherwise, people that take care of their property or else they get they lose it. Um, so that's kind of Georgist approach, is it not? Kind of what? Georgist approach. Uh, Henry Georgist. George, the economist. Georgist. Oh, Georgist, Georgist. Oh, I'm not familiar yeah. with that. I will look it up. But uh, uh, it's you know, a they're... single land tax uh, from uh -huh. Henry George, 1890s economist. That's what I uh -huh. Yeah, I miss that. You know, I also actually studied economic economics and the history of economic thoughts uh, but i think you know maybe it's too long i also think about it i'm already how many years yeah so 18 17 years out of college so i might mm -hmm. actually came across that during those and i did study charles university and i did study uh, several institute which was a political science and and political economy okay uh, Nice. So sorry for missing that out. You're fine. You're fine. It's not at all. <laughs> uh, he was just he he lived in an era in the 1890s in the U.S. where there were all the robber barons. There was all the you know centralization, monopolies, uh, similar things, and he was a big into uh, decentralization. Um, awesome. Yeah, in a similar way, and yeah. so he just said that there you know, shouldn't be a tax on your house. There shouldn't be all these taxes shouldn't exist. But he one thing he did come up with was a single land like a, a land tax basically. Okay, maybe I have intuitively actually incorporated into our constitution from beginning that's, without that's not even. Why I asked. But we yeah. we need to give him some credit in the constitution. Then please send <laughs> the link to the particular thing if you yeah. can find. Well, he also did it for the same reasons uh, against speculation on people, uh, you know, rent seeking on land, just not taking care of it, leaving it there, doing nothing, holding you know, holding it with nothing, just keep it away from other people. So anyway, yeah, that's 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 why I asked. What uh, speaking of your political office, um, you, I saw in the Constitution too. You guys are going to allow people twenty-one and older to hold political office. Yes, that's the that's the agreement for now. That's fascinating. You know, so many countries they put it as much older. Um, in the U.S. here, it's thirty-five. Yeah, uh, for president. I don't think so. You know, I think that one of the most you know time when people are most active and most productive is around twenty-one. Why shouldn't they hold the leadership position? Yeah. We actually have this like a two-tier structure. One is uh, basically Congress, and that's considered to be more like a management of Liberland, voted every three months. That will be voted by merits. So people with the most merits will be able to have biggest say in who is going to be running the management. So there is this corporate element to Liberland, which I think corporate structure is very efficient in, in management. Mm -hmm. But uh, then there is this direct democracy element in which majority of citizens will be able to veto any decision by Congress. And there will be two more institutions. And by the way, that is taken from Swiss constitution and there is this public veto in switzerland where we have got the inspiration from so we are also democracy not just a corporate government governance and then there are two other institutions one of them is liberal and senate which is another kind of it's like a uh, i would say control board of liberland uh more like a house of lords control board but with very little uh, practical uh uh things that it can do but it can also veto the decisions by by congress so basically the people that started liberland and are close to it will have for some time uh, a position possibility not to get you know not to 
for to stop the government from making new laws, which I think is one of the most important things that you only have like one institution that creates new laws and then have your bunch, bunch of institutions that can get rid of it. And then there will also be a constitutional court that will also have the right to get down the laws if necessary. And we know very well that the smaller number of laws there is, the more just the societies. Right. More able to clean out the junk as well. That stuff that's outdated later or, you know, not as flexible to the environment at the time. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So I wanted to kind of touch on, ask more about the governance because you mentioned uh, republic, democracy, and meritocracy on your website as like the key cornerstones or pillars uh, yeah. of how you run. And then you just mentioned there direct democracy, which connotes certain things. It's, it's a smaller version of democracy on a communal level. Um, and as people scale up, they tend to get rid of it a bit. Do you guys have an accounting for that or are you introducing kind of nodal things? Like, do you have a, I don't know. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to ask what are your plans for once a lot of people start moving on there? Um, are you going to do kind of nodal or like consensus up to meritocracy, the meritocracy to democracy, or just what are your thoughts around how to, how to structure this? So. When you become citizen, you have these 5,000 merits, and then you can decide what you will do with them. You can use them to vote into Congress to decide who will be there sitting for next next three months. And then you can decide two things. You can either keep your merits and vote on every single decision directly, or you can also delegate your merits to your favorite congressman. So then he can vote on your behalf. We will actually endorse people to entrust their merits to or not the merits directly, but their voting power to the congressman so that the Congress has enough power to basically make the decision on itself. And then people should be just watching what the congressmen are doing. And if they don't no longer like what they're doing, then they should remove the, the power from them. They can use either give it to other congressmen. Even even during the term of the congressman, you can give your vote to some other congressman, which is kind of funny. Or you can just decide yourself that you will take a vote yourself in those elections hmm. or, or in that referendum, as we call it. Hmm. Have you guys played with the idea of using quadratic voting? I didn't like it. I didn't believe like it. you know it should be proportional. I don't. I don't buy the Vitalik's arguments for it. Okay. I, I, I think it, it's better the way it is run normally. Hmm. Okay. Now you mentioned it running more like a corporation, um, but there are different types of corporations. Um, some corporations are run like monarchies, for example. <laughs> basic, right? So, can you kind of flesh that out a little bit more? What you mean by that? Well, with Liberland, we have a special distribution system of those merits. So we only distribute 10% of the total reserve. So from that perspective, it becomes extremely difficult to acquire a major share in it. So that way, the the power within the society should be distributed. But on the other hand, we basically give the biggest contributor in the history of Liberland, always we give him also the seat in the Senate. Uh, so that's kind of a way for us to to give some extra credit to biggest whales that are making sure that Liberland uh, steps forward in a bigger step. And uh, uh, so, so the idea is that even though if he's biggest taxpayer at the time, he's not going to acquire more shares than everybody else before him, because 
basically all the time we distribute less and less merits over the time every single year we distribute 10 percent of what is left in the reserves and that way over the time it will become more and more difficult to even uh, uh, collect the majority and i think that will help us to have a very uh, i would say diversified Mm -hmm. range of people and opinions in the society but we still keep this competition element where you basically get more power if you contribute more to the society that's where the meritocracy comes in yeah yeah, yeah. and i think that's going to be a very you know very strong i would say element that will push the value of liberal and higher right now it's still pegged to us dollar but once we launch the system and that should be basically early next year and we are already running it in the testnet, but I would really like to make sure that there are no security issues with it. And, you know, these things, if, even if there is just one bug, you have a big problem. So yeah. uh, we will we will start uh, running it already. People are already able to run validators and, and test it. And they will, of course, have a bigger advantage if they jump on the, this thing yearly. And then when the project uh, with the blockchain starts and, and we remove everything, the validators will also be rewarded, you know, the people that will be running the infrastructure. And we I didn't mention that yet, but we have taken large part of our code from Polkadot-Substrate. So it's a good and tested framework, and it was very close to what we wanted to do anyway in terms of governance. So so we have basically utilized the technology, and, and now we... We turn it into something that is very user-friendly, unlike Polkadot, where I still don't know, uh, even after months, how to properly take part in the ecosystem, even though I'm keeping some Polkas and I'm trying to understand how it works. But we wanted it very intuitive, very easy to to operate. As you as a citizen, you basically have a wallet and then you can decide easily with a couple of clicks, big buttons. Uh, right. for seniors like myself already <laughs> <laughs> so so you can navigate easy easily through the system excellent by the way i'm still the youngest president in the world but i said i will definitely step down if i'm no longer youngest president you're the youngest wait a second how old are you uh, i'm 39 39 well wasn't temporarily oh no he was prime minister i was thinking of kurtz in austria temporarily <laughs> he was 31 yeah, but that doesn't count. <laughs> I think Naibu Bukele is closest. You know, I was happy that I was able to to accept his invitation to El Salvador in October last year. And we were actually invited for the launch of the Bitcoin city, which was nice to see that somebody is pushing like new Liberlands forward. And I think he was, of course, largely inspired by Liberland as well. Even the list of zero taxes that was kind of taken from our T-shirt, even the order. So I was thinking that's pretty cool. Uh, so that was great opportunity for us to to visit El Salvador and and take part of that announcement. Yeah, and you know I've seen you also in um, these startup society circles, right? So there's lots of people right now who are have the same ethos. It's Let's not try to reform. Let's just build around them. No reformation, no revolution. Build around. Take instead of taking the hill, make a new hill. Exactly. And, and the the group in that uh, they some people from the Sea Study Institute who want to build on the water. Uh, there's people like yourself who want to build new countries. And then there's a lot in the uh, city state 
group. Now, I notice you differentiated yourself from a city-state to an actual state. Can I ask why you made that differentiation? I think it's, you know, you know, why, why don't you go all the way in this, you know, and, and just claim the full sovereignty? I think it's kind of lame to go anywhere, you know, on the lower levels, even though I respect people that are starting free zones, etc. I think it's really a time to compete on the highest possible level, and that is the the regular statehood and the sovereign, on without compromise. Mm -hmm. And have you listened to uh, Balaji Shrinivasan on the network states? Yes. Aspect of this. Yeah. Yes, and uh, you know, and they they just called me recently that they will include Liberland into their list of startup uh, network states but we don't really fit because we really are competing on on a different level already but of course all the things that he has written we have been kind of working on them since like it it, it is a good cookbook for us but written a little bit too late for for uh, for liberland itself yeah well he he has in their land last right so <laughs> it's a bit too late <laughs> now i was just thinking of it as liberland could be a place uh for people who are starting network states. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. If I, I, I'm part of that community online um, in, those dis in those Discord groups and whatnot, and I went to uh, Balaji's lectures in the VR when he was first proposing it and writing the book and everything. So him spell it out. And a lot of these guys, they, they also have the issue of not knowing how the physical world works much. They're not, like a lot of libertarians I've always met um, are people who are very self-sustaining able like builders doers manipulate the physical world and then you have congruence of people who want to start network states and they're very good with code very good in the chain or in the cloud but they couldn't manipulate the physical world if you asked them to um yeah. that's not all of them of course i don't want to besmirch anybody mad at me but um it's interesting that these two groups are kind of getting married uh in some way in their sovereignty and and, and desire for sovereignty and desire for decentralization so I thought that could be a, a fun relationship to have where it's like, hey, you guys need some land? Look at this. If you want to put your network state and kind of put it in in real physical space, this is, this is a perfect location for you to go to. Yeah, of course. And I'm trying not to, like, but I was also considering this. You know, we could open up different districts in Liberland that would be connected to different, like, meta-organizations like this, and that could be fun. But... We still need to keep one voice in terms of diplomacy. Our diplomatic situation is already complicated enough. Yeah. And if somebody will push for, I don't know, for a cooking of, of some drugs or something with some network state, would would be within Liberland that will give us even more headache uh, with our diplomatic relations. But on the other hand, I feel there could be a lot of like sub-support for, for Liberland itself. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to keep one incentive structure and one way to basically onboard Liberland. I'm just speaking with Dick Casey, and he is one of those guys that were trying to see the world. And I don't know if you are familiar with Dick Casey. No. Have you ever heard that name? I was a very famous libertarian that was running around the world, and he's quite wealthy as well. You say Doug, Doug Casey? Dick Casey, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and he was trying to basically buy governments, right? He was offering them different contracts and that he would start managing it like a company. And then he, I think, visited around 20, 30 governments and they all uh, rejected him. But right now I was thinking it's kind of cool. I should go back to him and, and just tell him, you know, like there is an opportunity to buy a big piece of governance inside of Liberland. 
uh, and and try to get him on his point, like why he was running around to acquire a a like uh, to create a corporate state inside of some uh, shitty African country. While well, now he has opportunity to to be part of a libertarian uh, corporate governance country. So, uh, and I think that's a good selling point to many people that are in this community as well. Yeah. Speaking of places becoming shittier, um, how are you looking at the future? So full disclosure, I have a side bet with some friends of mine um, about when the EU will collapse. Okay. Not if, but when. Um, okay, okay. And it, we, we made this bet five, six years ago. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I just see it as an inevitable thing. And I think the Brits did as well, which is why they pulled out. Um and it just seems, yeah, it just seems like it's unsustainable. Um, okay, you, but when is your bet? I'm just wondering. My bet was a year from now. I don't think I'm gonna. I, I made it for seven years, so I think we did it six years ago. The bet. So I did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did it. I did it for uh, next year, for 2023. Uh -huh. um, well, I don't we think I'm gonna make it. We still have some chances, I guess. But you know, but yeah. but you know, nobody would also believe that communism would work for forty years, and it did, right? And that yeah. it was it was actually killed from abroad rather than from inside. Like Czechs would probably be able to maintain it for another forty years easily, even though it's a completely ridiculous system, which is yeah. destructive and amazingly destructive. Just think about it. Like we were two times richer than Austria before, or almost like that before the at the end of the second world war and and we end up being almost three times poorer after the and they had social democracy and we had communism and and take a look at that huge difference the yeah. destruction of the values in the society everybody was basically four times poorer than they were they would otherwise would be in those 40 years yeah i think there's also you're starting to see an upwelling of from the ground up because i think communism also it was kind of that uh it fell like in an instant where the people turned against it instantly so like they didn't like it for a long time but they didn't say anything and then all of a sudden once there was a spark and then everybody was like yeah yeah you we all agree on this great <laughs> done <laughs> and i know you guys had the velvet revolution so more of a smooth uh unlike the romanians or you know others now, this um, is what I'm saying, you know, that, that yeah. the reality of this Velvet Revolution, it, it was actually orchestrated from outside. And Havel yeah. was basically set up. And he was also, even though a communist arrested him, he was also basically communist thinker, right? He, they always wanted communism with a human face. Yeah, that was his that was his approach. So they were no free marketers. They just and then then they kind of just become the face of the revolution. Uh, and then they were fighting against, I don't know, supermarkets and consumerism, etc., because they were right. kind of missing the communist element of the society when you had to wait for bananas in the queue for, for a day in order to get it. Or I don't know what they were missing exactly. But just people don't really know that, that even people like Havel, they were actually part of the system, really. And they were just kind of the faces picked from outside for the whole for the whole revolution and, and and the whole like change of the government was actually orchestrated from outside by secret societies both as not societies but the services maybe even secret societies i don't know uh, mm. but secret services played actually major role and it was kind of put together in the way that it was done simultaneously in all these countries so the the, the notion that it was kind of 
grounds up movement doesn't really you know doesn't really fulfill or the the reality check okay interesting yeah i, I remember reading Hal's essay on like talking about i guess it was maybe just his discontent with the current propaganda then where he's talking about these people are putting their signs up in their you know shops and they don't really believe that it's just it's just forced you know uh, you know whatever okay so you think when the eu collapses do you think the eu is going to collapse and when it does where does that leave Liberland? and i think anywhere between one year and another how many years we're 12 13 years in i think another 30 years could also be possible and uh, you know i'm happy that we're outside of the eu that's one of the important things when croatia entered uh, EU, they specifically gave them the map where Liberland is not included. So we're between EU and Serbia, mm -hmm. and uh, that gives us a very strategic position uh, to be on the edge of the empire, but not part of it from beginning, which is great. Hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, um, let's wrap this up, and I want to wrap it up by asking you. Let's say I want to get involved with Liberland. You said you have volunteers. Um, you said you can join if you have capital, come and build, come and do different things, uh, get your merits that way, get your citizenship through, you know, just paying for citizenship as well. Um, are there any jobs available with Liberland? Like, are you hiring, you, you know, volunteers hiring? Tell, tell, us how, tell people how they get involved. Now, number one actually required job right now is the developer of Rust. We still need more people to finish the governance and do some features. So we're hiring now people and we're paying quite a lot of money for them. Uh, but it would be lovely to get somebody from the community of Polkadot, for example, to to go and work. And, and, you know, just a little small part-time job, but more developers, more eyes, the better before the launch. And that development became a very expensive uh, endeavor. And that's normal. We we are actually waiting for some final uh, security check in two weeks, and that after that we will launch the mainnet. But it will be soft launch. We will test everything properly. We will learn. Uh, we will show everybody how to work with it. But then we will probably have a a stronger launch date uh, beginning next year. We really need two more months to make sure everything works properly. So developers and people that want to be validators, and, and right now I think people that can help with marketing the whole thing, because I think it's very cool to launch the first decentralized autonomous government, and there could be a lot of good PR around it. And then if people want to help us on a diplomatic level, we just had this guy, Randy, in Colombia that showed up from nowhere and he managed to get the recognition all by himself. He didn't even need anybody from the government or foreign minister of Liberland to fly down there. He was just lobbying the Congress and Senate for one month straight with a huge amount of energy and he got all the paperwork done. So we need people like Randy that are able to to basically with a, with a lot of energy to push for one or two months in their country it normally takes us years to build up the relations, but Randy did a really, uh, I would say, amazing work. And uh, and we, in every country, we, have, we in hundred countries we have some representative, but in many countries we actually need more representative. So look up the website, see who is representing in your country, and and try to think how you can support a team or you can be part of the 
the members of that representative office. I would say that's another very important thing. And we actually need people to settle down in Liberland. So uh, as I told you, I'm here with uh, with Honza, who is running the, who is organizing the the settlement, and he needs more people to work with. It will be his full time job. Uh, and we need people to stay on these houseboats, stay in this resort, the Liberland Ark Village. And by the way, we have a major event there on 3rd of December, if you wanted to come down. Uh, oh, yeah. It, yeah, not just not just the blockchain and not just Liberland diplomatic training, but also Rakia uh, distillery and, and also how to create these proper sausages that Serbia is so famous for. So there will oh, be a multitude of reasons to come down. Well, you had me at Rakia. Um, is it uh, is it out of plums? I assume yes. Well, you got you like Liberland Rakia is actually made out of pears, but not regular okay. pears, the wild pears. So, uh, but but there are many other things that you can make Rakia from, and that will be also taught on that. Make Rakia from almost anything. Yeah, that's the beauty yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent. All right, we'll tell people the website where they can find you on socials and uh, how they can get in touch with you to volunteer or work with Liberland. I think the best way is to sign up uh, directly for e-residency. It takes a couple of minutes, I think five minutes, right? And and then also we get to reply to some questions. And then we have a team of people that have a call uh, with you and then the whole thing process moves forward. And uh and you know you can again physically come to Liberland or or help with the diplomacy or help with the blockchain development. All these three areas very appreciated. But the most appreciated is is when people have invention. They really come up with some new great way to support Liberland. You know, like like we've got now this guy that that pushes Liberland to all beauty contests around the world. You know, that's kind of cool. So we have <laughs> wherever you can think which continent there is always Liberland lady that is representing. Uh, Liberland on some beauty pageant. Wait, wait a second. Is there a Miss Liberland 2022? Yeah. Or no, we don't have in internal, you know, events like this because it's costly to organize and difficult. But we also planning one for next year. Uh-huh. But in many competitions now, we're getting invited to send girl to represent Liberland. And last year. We had a huge success, Miss Europe Continental. We had this, our lady was the second second one in the competition, and it was big big event uh, in the in the biggest Italian televisions, etc. And and we have multiple other events like this coming up. So you know, just think about how Liberland could be could be basically pushed forward on on different levels.